I'm Michaela Bogner, Associate Editor of Precision Farming Dealer. Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Thanks to Ag Express Electronics for supporting this podcast series. Farmers, dealers, and those in ag know the importance of getting the most from their efforts. Technology has been a major game changer when it works. When it doesn't, turn to Ag Express Electronics, who finds a way by specializing in the timely repair, support, sales, and engineering of ag technology. They provide component level repairs to save you time and money on costly replacements. They also offer wiring harnesses and other custom solutions to meet your needs. Ag Express is 100% employee owned and celebrating over 30 years of providing possibilities. The Agricultural Industry Electronics Foundation, known as AEF, introduced the new high-speed ISOBUS technology at the 2022 Commodity Classic in New Orleans this March. The next generation ISOBUS is 4,000 times faster than the original technology, an upgrade that promises to increase precision and improve agronomy for farmers. In today's episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast, Associate Editor Brian O'Connor talks with AEF Vice Chairman Andrew Oliver at the 2022 Plug Fest about the capabilities of the new high-speed ISOBUS, its potential, and the common goals of Plug Fest. Here's Andrew Oliver to get us started. I'm employed by CNH and I'm speaking to you today as the vice chairman as the vice chairman of the AEF. So with my AEF hat on and I don't represent in any way the company. I'm not expressing any opinion on behalf of CNH. It's an AEM group, sort of below the ag sector board, and they're representatives from OEM companies, be they tractor manufacturers or implement manufacturers or yeah, let's say component suppliers for ag. And because this event, one of the supporters of the Commodity Classic is the AEM and I think the AEM had chosen to organise a series of meetings and one of the meetings they they organised was the Ag Technology Leadership Board and we kind of, in our collaboration with the AEM because the AEM actually provides as one of the trade industries that supports the AEF, we'd sort of realised that there was a, I mean, and really that's also the reason why we're having the plug fest here. Within North America, there seems to be huge gaps in the knowledge of ISOBUS systems, whether it's with the farmer, whether it's with the dealer, or whether it's with also within our OEM organizations. Hey, journalists are right there with you. <laughs> so we thought, okay, seeing as this, this AEM group is meeting, it will be a good opportunity to give them a tour of the plug fest so they can see what actually goes on. Got it. Yeah. Now, now, you guys just announced a new ISOBUS. No. New, is that a new standard? Yeah, so we, we had a, a press release for uh, HSI, or High Speed ISOBUS. And if you think about it, um, it's like building a new highway for super fast cars or, or you know, super fast transport. And unless you build the highway, nobody can actually develop the, the cars or the machines that go on that highway. Right. And so it's actually, it was a few years ago now that AEF started this project team looking at, okay, ISOBUS is based on CAN bus technology. The CAN bus technology is what, 250 kilobits per second. I apologize, I'm not the engineer. I can <laughs> quite remember the numbers correctly. But the general principle being higher 
bandwidth. Yeah, as it, it, it's finite. And, and basically, okay, for today's, the majority of today's applications, the standard ISOBUS, the standard CANBUS is sufficient. But there are these advanced applications, you know, if you're looking at a, a planter with 48 rows and you've got all this advanced seeding statistics coming back to the display, you want to get that information up to the display as quick as you can. You want to have a display which is, you know, an HD display, so it needs a lot of information coming up. We realised that, okay, to future-proof this, we need greater speeds. And so this group started working, and, and one of the first things that they did was they had to decide on what's the right technology, and they've ended up with deciding on, if you like, Ethernet technology, so it's a 1,000 gigabits per second. So we end up with 4,000, a speed which is 4,000 times greater current uh, ISA bus. Yeah, no, I was just thinking to myself, wow, if I had a 250K connection in my house, I would feel like a popper. Like, that's... <laughs> Um, and so it was kind of cool yesterday because this is the first time we've actually had uh, equipment plugged together using this HSI technology. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the, really this group is going to be releasing a number of AEF guidelines which describe the different parts of this technology, whether it's the, the physical layer, the connectors, the cables, whether it's the uh, application layer, or the protocols, etc. Once these guidelines are released, then it means that manufacturers can start following these guidelines to actually develop high-speed ISOBUS systems. The cool, the cool thing about this is with this greater bandwidth gives you so much more potential. And again, it's similar to home computing, it's similar to, to modem speeds and all, you know, all of that. And so, you know, the potentials are there could be some type of diagnostic file that gets needs to get from the implement to the tractor. Well, okay. there was a slide where they showed one set of digital imaging and then the kind of digital imaging. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, that was one thing. It's basically, it's kind of that, that difference between analog and digital, you know, when, yeah. you, look at the, when you look at images. And, and you can get so much more image quality and depth uh, up to the display. And then if you talk about the, if you like, the precision farming application, if you have a 48-row planter, and you're using a prescription and you're going from one prescription zone to another, the actual time that the control message takes to get from the display to the planter mm -hmm. to say, okay, this row switches off, then that one, then that one, or this row changes rate, you can end up going, okay, we've changed the rate here and then we've gone forward how many feet before the other side of the plant has changed. Before that command is yep. fully implemented. And, and at least with HSI, you know that, you know, you could be 48 rows or whatever. When you say, let's change the rate, it happens at exactly the same time. Yeah. So the, the precision of control is there. Um, another one that's good is uh, for um, digital camera images. So with an HSI system, you can actually connect a whole bunch of di different camera, digital cameras to the network, and all those all that information could get up to the display. So over analog systems, it's much more advanced. And I would, further teasing that out a bit, I would assume that that kind of resolution serves as a building block, not only for like, hey, I can see this thing that I've just cut down really well, but also things like AI, yeah, that the, kind of thing. Yeah, the potential is huge. Once you have this, this higher speed, the potential is huge. And then it kind of, it leads on to the next question, of okay now we have this super huge pipe but we still have the tractor coming from one person and the implement coming from another person and if we're working on autonomy applications what are we going to agree on that we can use this this uh this you know huge pipe this huge data bandwidth so that's another question we'll have to address in the future i think it's the old hardware hardware software conflict yep, yeah absolutely but it's just i mean it's exciting that you know this group has been working for some time the um 
come up with a connector design and we had some of those uh, on display yesterday and some of the some of the AEF guidelines are already released there's still a few more to develop but the progress they're making is exciting and the potential for this in the future once we get more of these guidelines out there is, is really huge and what the industry chooses to do with it that, that's the exciting piece yeah so again it sort of comes back to um you know if you think about the subject of sustainability from the ISOBUS point of view we're always thinking about the the task controller functionality that precision farming piece on the ISOBUS and obviously you know task controller means that you can use prescription maps you can um decide exactly what you want to put where and, and get the control from the system get a record of that coming back up to your display um, but with the precision that's offered with HSI again you can be so much more precise in what you're applying and where you're putting it down and then obviously in, in the recording of that I think it's um yeah they are exciting times does that count as an additionality for carbon monitoring as well is that I, I I don't know to what extent that fits effects in there. I know, and I don't want to get you out over your skis. But yeah, well, you would be. Um, <laughs> basically, this would allow you to control more precisely to and to more uh, accurately document what you're doing. Yeah. How that's analyzed afterwards, as far as carbon monitoring, is is up to someone else. Because there was a guy on the main stage, a guy talking about data, and he okay. said uh, he talked uh, at length about additionalities in neural and carbon, and I'm familiar sure. with this just from talking to people about carbon markets and he had mentioned that some precision agriculture was also one of the with an eye towards I guess more specific nutrient applications those kinds of things count as additionalities which makes you eligible for a carbon market right but again it, it's about accurately docu documenting yeah. what you put in and you know we can do that today with this high-speed isobus we can have greater control more accurate control even more accurate control on what we're doing yeah which would obviously again help uh, with being able to prove, okay, this is what I applied, and this, you know, based on that, these are the credits I should receive, etc. Um, now, the plug fest, more generally, yep. as I understand, so two developers come in, they sit down, they in, try to interface basically a virtual representation of their machinery, yep. uh, and they have 15 minutes to do this. Yeah. But they're doing it, these are conditions that farmers would sometimes not really face in the real world. They're doing it eight hours a day over and over and over again. Is yeah, that, can you explain that a little bit? So basically, you know, we're here in the Plugfest room. We've got around 16 tables set up. Mm -hmm. On each table, there is what we call an ISOBUS backbone, got which it. represents, you know, an ISOBUS system between a tractor and an implement. The people fixed at the table uh, for these three days are typically people that have some type of tractor function. It could be a display supporting UT and task controller functionalities. It could be a tractor armrest supporting, we have a functionality called Teku, or also um, the auxiliary control, the ability to reprogram some of the buttons on the armrest to automatically operate something on the ISOBUS implement. Kind of like assigning functions on a keyboard in a video. Yeah, exactly. And so basically, um, the guys sitting at the table uh, represents something that happens on a tractor as far as ISOBUS is concerned. And every 50 minutes, the buzzer goes and another implement or implement representative comes and sits down and if I look at the list of what we've got here we've got um, companies representing planters companies representing you know uh, round balers or square balers uh, we've got some companies which are actually FMIS providers we've got uh, liquid fertilizer application systems for planters are here uh, we've got some guys who have a uh, 
a guidance control system for combines, uh, vision guidance system for combines there here as well. Um, and they're all basically sitting down, you know, one at a time at these different tables going, okay, I'll connect to the ISA bus. And now if we look at the display, can I operate this system? Does everything load correctly? Can I, um, you know, change rates if I'm applying something? Am I recording the data correctly? And basically they've got 50 minutes to see that the systems are compatible on the ISA bus. And then the buzzer goes and then that implement person then moves and goes to, goes to the next table. And for these guys, it's a really, really great opportunity. Um, in three days, you can do so much testing with other ISA bus partners and see how good your ISA bus developments are. And sometimes you've already got systems in the market uh, and this is a reassurance that yes, I've done the right thing, I've released the right software. And other times you're working on something new which is not released yet and you're going, okay, I've developed, developed this new feature, it's changed my ISA bus code, let's see how it works with this display or that display and do I need to make more modifications before I release it or is it okay? Um, so. We have this testing, you know, I, I mentioned there's kind of around 16 different displays and, and 16 or so different implements and there are about seven slots a day going on over three days. Um, we also have a slot which represents the um, AEF conformance test. Okay. Okay, and from the AEF, you know, we were formed in 2008. We wanted to make, and we're formed by OEMs that have ISOBUS products and want to make the ISOBUS solution better for the whole industry. Um, one of the first things we did is we said, okay, let's talk about ISOBUS in a simple way. We'll talk about ISOBUS in terms of functionalities. So we released these, what we call the, the functionality blue squares. The idea being that you see this blue square on the track, you see this blue square on the implement, and you know that you can use the ISOBUS system uh, with, you know, with that particular functionality. Once we talked about ISOBUS in the simple way of functionalities, we then developed a conformance test, which tests for those functionalities. Mm -hmm. The idea being that every time an OEM develops a new ISOBUS product, they get it certified and it passes the conformance test. And that conformance test certifies that the product complies to the ISO standard, so 11783, mm -hmm. plus the additional AEF guideline, which has been developed uh, alongside the standard to be able to have a compatible system. And then finally, the last thing is we developed a database, the AEF ISOBUS database. And that's for OEMs to use, that's for dealers to use, that's for you know the public, the farmers to use as well. The whole idea behind the database is that manufacturers can list their certified ISOBUS products and dealers and farmers can access the database and look up and see what products are certified and if they're going to buy something new, is it a new tractor, is it a new planter, is it a new sprayer? Does it work with sprayer? the equipment I have? Does it work with the equipment I have? Before we get back to the conversation, I'd like to take a moment to thank Ag Express Electronics for supporting this podcast series. Farmers, dealers, and those in Ag know the importance of getting the most from their efforts. Technology has been a major game changer when it works. When it doesn't, Turn to Ag Express Electronics, who finds a way by specializing in the timely repair, support, sales, and engineering of ag technology. They provide component-level repairs to save you time and money on costly replacements. They also offer wiring harnesses and other custom solutions to meet your needs. Ag Express is 100% employee-owned and celebrating over 30 years of providing possibilities. 
Now here's Andrew Oliver again talking about the importance of ISOBUS compatibility testing. One of the testing stations, one of the, the tables is actually the AEF conformance test and it gives some of the companies that are in the room that they might have already released an ISOBUS product on the market but they haven't actually got it certified yet. It gives them a chance to try the AEF conformance test and see, okay, does my product pass? Does my product fail? Is there something I need to do? But ultimately, you know, what would really make the picture so much brighter is if every company that was developing ISOBUS products would certify them. A, we could list them in the database right. and so everybody could find, okay, I can see that it works with this, yes or no, I, I should buy it, I shouldn't buy it. But all these certified products would be in the database which would help everybody. But at the same time, the whole idea behind certification is that everything is tested up to a, sta up to a standard, up to a certain level, and then certified products they are compatible, they're guaranteed to be compatible on the ice of us. Yeah. So the issues that you know some people see today in the field of problems of compatibility on the ice of us, they'll disappear. Yeah. But everybody who's making ice of us products needs to be doing this conformance test. Right, and it also creates, I would imagine, a common market pool then, so that equipment is competing, not on the basis of whether it is, whether it meshes with technology that's existing, but more on the performance in the field. Yeah, and but ultimately people, I mean, you know, every every um, company's aim is to sell more of their pieces of equipment. Right. Um, and the whole idea of ISABUS is that it's about speaking a common language so that customers are free to choose. Okay, I have this color track because I like it, but for the application I'm doing in the field, I don't need to buy the same color implement I want to buy another color implement because I know it works it works better in my soil conditions or whatever. So by everybody following this ISOBUS standard, we're giving the customers the chance to, to make their own choice based on their farming conditions. Then from the OEM point of view, the idea would be, okay, how do I engineer my product? Yes, it's going to speak the common language which the, which the customer wants, but how do I engineer my product to be to give better performance so that the customer says, I want that product because I, I get the most benefit out of it. Um, the 50 minute thing could cause a headache for farmers, but we're not talking about 50 minutes that a guy's out there trying to get no, these no. two pieces to connect, right? No, definitely not. I mean, you know how um, if, you're, if you're doing a search on the internet right. and you're looking up some different web pages, every time you come to a new web page, it takes a little while to load up depending on your you know, connection speed. Yeah. But then the day after, you go back to that same web page and boom, it's straight there because it's cached. Yeah. Um, it's the same here with these ISOBUS systems, is that whenever you connect a new ISOBUS implement to the ISOBUS, uh, some imp base information has to be loaded up to the display and it's called this, this thing called the object pool. Mm -hmm. And the object pool load up to the display, that does take a little bit of time the first time it happens. Right. But once the object pool is saved in the display, the next time, and I'm talking about the farmer here or the customer, the next time they connect, you know, it turns up, the information turns up straight away because that's been saved in the display. For these guys at the plug fest, these engineers to do their testing correctly, whenever they connect to a new implement, so once every 50 minutes, they've always got to reset 
the display to completely to, new to, to completely get rid of the object pools, everything that they previously tested to make sure the test runs correctly. So for these guys, they have this every new connection is a new object pool upload. But obviously, like I say, from the from the farmer point of view, once they've that, done that that connection once, they never have that sort of delay again or that that, that lost time again. The AEF released a new ISOBUS functionality called TIM, okay. Tractor Implement Management, and that's where the implement can control certain tractor functions based on a security handshake. Yeah. As soon as the AEF released TIM, we saw one company get something certified for TIM and in the database. And then, you know, having that one, and they were there kind of the day after the certification process was released. Yeah. Boom, they were there. They'd kind of been waiting for that moment. But once they had that, then slowly we started to see, okay, they've done it, now someone else has done it, and now another, now a tractor manufacturer has done right. it. And now, you know, if you look at the database, we've got five different tractor brands with TIM functionality, <laughs> and we've got about six different types of implements from different manufacturers supporting TIM. It. But it always takes someone to be kind of the, the trailblazer, and I think it'll be the same with HSI. Is there anything else you want to add? What about 20 different brands or companies represented here? Mm -hmm. um, Engineers get a lot of benefit from coming to PlugFest because it's a chance to speak to counterparts from other companies on this common language. Mm -hmm. And obviously with a common language, there's always different ways of implementing it. Right. And one of the things that you can get from here is, you know, someone you're testing with might say, okay, I see you've done it like this, but from what I've seen in the past, if you do it like that, you'll find that it'll be more successful, there'll be less issues, whatever. Right. So there's this real sense of um, uh, cooperation mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. but it's cooperation on this common language. Everybody has their own company secrets and they're not brought here. Right. What, what we're bringing here is the fact that we all are using this common technology, this common language, and we need to be compatible using that. And we collaborate on this commonality. There's good cooperation here, but it's, it's cooperation on the, the common components. And the parts the, that need to connect. Yeah, the, 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 parts company, that the company secrets are left at home or left in the office. Thanks to Andrew Oliver and Brian O'Connor for today's conversation. Let me know what you thought about this episode by emailing me at mpochner at lessigermedia.com or calling me at 262-777-2441. If you're looking for more podcasts about precision farming, visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts or check out our episode library wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, many thanks to Ag Express Electronics for helping to make this podcast series possible. From all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Michaela Faulkner. Thanks for listening.